This time on Holy Ghost Notes. Makes me look like a really good drummer. Wait, what? That duh. Brother! What's up, guys? This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. I'm Tim. And Matt can't take me seriously right now. I was just about to join you in the brother. And I started laughing while trying to do the b. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't couldn't get it out. Did you know that uh, multiple people have asked us to bring that back, mm, brother? Yeah, it is good. Uh, good it's it's kind of a two sided sword because I've all conversations on the phone um, now start with brother <laughs> and. Yeah. Some of those conversations are with my sister uh, or with my, yeah. my wife doesn't, my wife doesn't do that. I, I know you better, do but your, your it's wife. like every, everybody else is brother yeah. and it's both ways. It's like, I'll pick up the phone and be like, hello. And on the other side, brother. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that, that, that was funny yeah. a while ago, but now it's like, it's man, getting old. I feel like we can't get out of the gear and. But anyway, brother, how are you, Tim? <laughs> I'm good, man. Contrary to our last episode, which was, I think, one of the latest that we did. I think we wrapped up after midnight. Um, this one is, or was going to be, one of the earliest that we've attempted to, mm-hmm. to do. Burning both ends of the candle. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But I am at my new place, which is a good mm-hmm. feeling. Um, it looks very nice. Thank you. Can you tell me about the room you're in? I, I see a couch I recognize. Yes. Everything else looks new. So this is the couch that was in my basement that I recorded many an episode on. And <laughs> uh, the room that I'm in is what we're referring to as the great room. It is. Uh, oh, I like that a, name. It's a large room that is an extension, mm-hmm. technically. Um, not one we put in, but uh, it actually is kind of, it was the selling point of the house for us because... Without this room, the house would have been a tad too small. Uh, it wouldn't have really been an upgrade in space from where right. we were living. So this room was kind of like, as soon as we saw this, we were like, yeah, let's put an offer in. <laughs> um, so it's a massive room that's kind of the going to be the primary living area. There's a I'm looking at a large stone fireplace right next to me right now. It's, okay. really, it's really cozy despite it being big and probably a little echoey which wasn't the best choice I made on sound <laughs> um, but I, I don't have a drum studio yet so um, so yeah I'm in my my new great room right now cool yeah congratulations on uh, well you've been working <laughs> hard the last two months it's or has it been longer than that on the on on, on the house I've, you've been i've hard, forgotten hard how long, long it's been uh we okay. closed at the end of march okay so april may june yeah like two and a half months congrats man i'm yeah. happy you're in there and Thank you can you. sit down and relax a little bit yeah i'm sure you have a lot of work to do yet but from what i can see of the house it's it's very nice thank you do you have plans to build um this year or is this something down the road this the studio you mean 
Yes. Yeah. The studio, uh, the studio. And I was just talking to my wife about this yesterday. I think we, we I want to do it sooner than later. I want to get it done okay. because I know that as soon as I finish my very long list of, of tasks that I have to do here around the house, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be tempting to just kind of sit down and not do anything for a while. And as soon as right. I do that, it's going to be that much harder to get yes. back into it. Um, Keep the momentum. Yeah, but what? So there is some incentive here, and I, I'm realizing this now as it's you know 6:43 in the morning, and my kids are sleeping upstairs. This is literally <laughs> the furthest I could get to record okay. from them. Do you think they can hear you right now? Probably. Okay. They're sleeping, so they might not. And I'm not speaking too loudly, but um, right. But with that said, I was realizing that like when I write music, um, I you know. I usually write late at night. Uh, so you don't even have a place you can play drums. Yeah, right I'm on now. a slab now, so I, I have no basement. Um, so there's really there's nowhere to set up my kit currently, um, and there's nowhere to really record or write or do anything. So I kind of need that room for a number of reasons. It must be hard for you. Yeah, that must be. It would be every harder. drummer has that that thought in the back of his head, like, oh man, yeah. there's nowhere. There's nowhere to play because there's nowhere I can make that much noise. Mm-hmm. And I know as a drummer, that's in your head constantly. Where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to set up? Yeah. There's nowhere to play. That's right. And you're walking around your house going, oh, my gosh, there, there really is nowhere. I'd have to build mm-hmm. a room because there's no basement. It's right. usually the basement that's or the you go. Outhouse. <laughs> Get out to the outhouse, boy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's true. I mean, thank, <laughs> thankfully, I don't. I'll use that word loosely, uh, but thankfully, I've been so busy <laughs> that um, I haven't even really been able to entertain the idea of potentially <laughs> playing yeah. on the kit. But um, but yeah, sooner that. than later, especially now that we're in. Last night was our first night here. Um, now that we're in, I feel like that is going to creep up on me, you know, being here mm-hmm. and having the desire to, to play, you know? So, mm. so that room will, will come around sooner than later, I would say. Whenever I do a house project, I learn a lot. And some of the ways I learn are because of failure, mm-hmm. like getting it wrong. I can't figure it out and I have to problem solve to get it right. Yeah. And another way I learn is by watching YouTube. Have have you done a lot of things in your house that you already knew how to do? Or have you just researched and figured, figured it, it out? Or are you the kind of person that's like, okay, I have no idea how to do this, but I'm going to start. And once I fail, I'll back off and I'll try it again and I'll, mm. I'll eventually get it. Yeah, uh, it depends on the thing. There are certain things right. that, at least historically, I have. I, I just know I'm not touching that because I know that I'm going to make it worse. I'm going to screw something up, and that is electrical. Right, I was <laughs> and about to plumbing. Say, that's probably good. <laughs> Those two things yeah. I don't know too much about. However, um, at my old place, right before we sold, uh, we had to do uh, what's called a smoke cert in New Jersey, where the fire department comes out and inspects your fire alarms. Um, oh, okay. Fire alarms expire, apparently. So even though my fire alarms were in fully functioning condition, I still had right. to buy a new set and switch them out. In my town, you mm-hmm. need wired in 
fire alarms. You can't just buy battery right. powered, yep. you know, you stick them in. They're all wired together. If one goes off, they all go off. Um, right. So I bought new wired in fire alarms, same exact brand and model that were already there. Figured I could just unhook the, the alarm and rehook it in. Turns out Makes sense. that they're different adapters now. Hmm. So I had to rewire my fire alarm system, which is really a pretty simple, like there's like three different wires. One of them connects all the Hot. alarms and one of them's okay. you know, positive, mm-hmm. negative, you know. Um, gotcha. However, I could not figure out what uh, <laughs> breaker the power line was on. <laughs> so, oh. um, so I was just like, all right. Fire! Uh, you have fire to like coming start a, <laughs> I, You have to like start smoke to see if you can set them off, and then start flipping breakers. I so or can I you, was can you flip it, it and there's a red light or yeah. So there was a there light and indicator? I was flipping them trying okay. to figure out which one would get it off. I I could not figure it out. I oh literally flipped them all off, and I don't know if I just missed that the light turned off or what. But um, That's I ended up just being very very careful when I was. Uh, <laughs> Basically, you know, you don't want the two to touch, obviously. You don't want to touch touch the end. So, you know, you're, I had, like, you know, gloves on, and I was, like, trying to, like, figure out how to do this. Um, I did uh, I did create one spark, which blew the circuit, um, oh. and that helped me out in the long run anyway because once I you blew the circuit, it was. I, I figured it out. <laughs> so how many were there to do? Because this sounds like a pretty... There were three. Tedious. Task. Uh, okay. There's that's not one on every level at the other house. So, yeah. um, so I did do that. I took that on and I was pretty proud of myself. Um, I did, Absolutely. I did YouTube how to do it to make sure that I was connecting <laughs> the right thing to the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. cause it wasn't as simple as like connect this color to this color. It was like the fire alarm had specific colors and then there's obviously specific colors coming out of the ceiling. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. Gave me a little bit of hope. I don't think I'd dabble in electric without more mm-hmm. training um again but uh but yeah that's there's some things i won't touch for the most part like putting up walls repairing walls painting mm-hmm. you know all that stuff i will gladly do and i've done i just mounted mm-hmm. a, a tv last night and ran all the wires like behind the wall and stuff so there's no wires hanging and you know so that stuff i feel comfortable mm-hmm. with but you know mm-hmm. I want to I want to talk about something for a couple minutes that uh, I realized this last week. <clears throat> so I so I ran into somebody at a hardware store in the area. I was buying paint. Hmm. There was a gentleman there at the store that I had worked with in I don't know a d- decade ago, a while ago. Okay. He worked at another store and I recognized him. I grew up with his son as well. So there's a few connections. I needed advice on paint. <clears throat> on paint, um, I wasn't sure how to do some things. So anyway, I was asking him. I knew he's a bona fide professional, and I'm zoned in, focused on this task that I have, and I'm talking to a professional about the thing. All right. So five minutes into this conversation, he pivots and he's like, "So, how's the band?" And I, I was in work mode in this gear. Yeah. Talking to this professional. And all of a sudden, we're switching gears to 
I'm I'm now the professional, mm-hmm. and he's like real interested in what I have to say. Mm. And I've been I've been trying to think about how to explain this on Holy Ghost Notes to everyone that's listening, because it's it's a it's something that happens to me sometimes where I will be talking to someone who I look up to and I respect and I'm trying to learn from. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying, I am. I'm learning from them. I'm looking to them for advice. And all of a sudden, the conversation switches to me and the band. And I'm like, wait, this matters that much to them? Hmm. What? Like, that's the band and playing drums. That, that's that's easy. That's That's a... Not easy in the sense that it's an easy thing to do, but um, it shouldn't be regarded as important as this this job that I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this, this this thing that everybody needs help with, and few people actually know mm-hmm. what they're doing. Right? I'm not doing a good job explaining this because it's 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 hard to articulate what it's like when this happens. Mm. Um. But I guess the best way would be if, if you're listening to this, think to yourself, you're really good at this one thing. And you go out and you're going about your day and, and you, you see people around you who know more than you do about all these other trades or all these other things in life that, that you really aren't that experienced in. And so you're talking to that person or these people about these things that you need help with and all of a sudden... They switch the topic to you and something that you're really good at that they regard as just as high as the thing that you regard them for. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're dialed into what you have to say about it. And you're like, wait, what? What I do? I mean, I, I can't. I can't. It's not really that big of a deal. I, there's not really anything I say. Let's get back to talking about paint, <laughs> right? Yeah. Paint. I think the reason it strikes me as so crazy is because I started the band with a couple buddies when I was 17 years old. I think that's the thing. Mm. It's like you're talking to adults who are 10, 20, 30 years your senior, and they're talking to you about something that you started when you were just a kid. Mm. The reason it's so wild is when we started the band, no one thought we were a joke, but no one took us seriously mm, right either right few few people did especially people who knew better mm-hmm. <laughs> people that were like you probably shouldn't quit college yeah. <laughs> and so now being in Bomberger's hardware store talking to this person that i admire for his knowledge and i look up to and i need advice from and i'm i'm hinged on every word he has to say he's pivoting to like How's the band doing? How's everything going? You still are you heading out soon? What's what's going on? What's new? How are the, you know? How yeah. are the guys? Tim, it is just it just shows you that life is you can really do a lot in life if you put your mind to it mm. and if you work hard. It's true, and you can really make a make a difference. Like you can really <laughs> make make your mark. Yeah. I mean, had had we never started the band, I wouldn't be standing at Bomberger's having this conversation with this guy, right. and he wouldn't be talking to me about the thing that I started. Mm-hmm. We would just be talking about paint because he knows a lot about it. It's true. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I think it's it's hard to explain. I think it speaks um, more to to you as a person, and and how you communicate with with people. 
Um, mm. cause I know, uh, you know, I've heard all the time, uh, from people that you're so approachable, which is unfortunately surprising to them that a human being would be approachable, <laughs> you know, in their mind, you're the drummer of this band who's hit it big, you know? Um, and mm. so the fact that you have the time to, to talk to somebody that is not of that quote unquote stature, you know, is, is surprising so you're in saying, this world. <laughs> you know? So you're saying that because, because I don't put myself up on a platform uh, because of what I do, that when, when someone does that to me, I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. In fact, I, I see myself as less than you. Not less, but I see you as the professional in this mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, you. And all of a sudden, they, they flip the script and it's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. You care about that? Right, right. <laughs> I, I think maybe you're right about the, the levels. I see it as like an elevator that's going up and down and like, yeah. I see them as on a different floor and. Right, exactly. So um, I just I just think of like the natural, like what's a natural conversation between two individuals? You know, one person is talking to them about things going on in their lives and, and things that you know they care about. And then at some point, just generally speaking, the conversation right. switches and they start asking, uh, so how are you? And if they know anything right. about you, they're going to ask about the things they know about, right? right. And in your mm-hmm. case, you know, uh, most people would know that the band is important to you. It's something that you spend a lot of time doing. Um, it's something that you've worked hard on for many years. So I think the natural sure. instinct for most people is going to be to ask you, you know, how's it going? How's the band going? Yeah. How's, how's drumming? You know, because they know that's something that you care about and that's something that's important to you. Um, but because because you have not put yourself on a pedestal in any way, when you talk to somebody, mm-hmm. you meet somebody, um, you know, they are on the same level to you, which again is surprising mm-hmm. to people because when they see the, the fame scale or the, you know, uh, accomplishment scale, their mm-hmm. accomplishments, and this might speak to both sides. Like I think everyone, or at least most people might feel that their own accomplishments are not as, um, grand as others might be you know so when you're in Mm. that conversation it might be like you might be really impressed by this other person and what you've done might feel almost inadequate and i think that's that's Mm -hmm. kind of a natural uh feeling um but Hmm. i can see so i can see where you're coming from but i can also see why (laughs) Mm -hmm. you uh are seeing are are, you know surprised by that yeah i think you did a good job. You did a better job of explaining that than I did. <laughs> I'm I'm reminded of Ocean Gate, which is a tragedy that's unfolded this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, by reminded of it, what I mean is, as you were talking, I could, we all could base our security on what we're known for or our bank account, uh, any number of things. And we just cannot afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we, we, we are all on the same playing field. And I don't see any reason why um, that's the way I see it. 
<laughs> I see someone in a hardware store who knows a lot about something as, as being on this, the same level as the guy outside mowing the property as the um, bank teller across the street, as the kid driving his Honda Civic down the road, as the, you know, senior citizen at the, you know, 55 plus community up there. Like I, it, there's, everybody has something to offer and something to contribute. Right. Everybody has the same amount of value. Mm-hmm. And we need to value each other. That's right. We, we, we need to value ourselves, n- not for what we have in the bank account or for our ability, but because humans have innate value because we're made in the image of God. Everybody you see has that same characteristic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think personally that when you take God out of the equation, you remove potential, you, you remove some of the potential for, for seeing people around you with that, through that lens. And it, it, it makes sense because, you know, a lot of people suck. So it's <laughs> like you look at somebody else who's not a great person yeah. and you're like, yeah, the person has less value than someone else. Right. Yeah, there are, there are degenerates in the world. And I'm glad that I'm not God and have to make a judgment call on somebody's soul. Mm-hmm. But as, as, as humans, as, as Christians, we've been given something that we did, don't deserve. Yeah. And if you let that change your life, I've I've been trying to work on myself in this in this uh, in this way, because you know I can be very judgmental. Yeah. About other people, like every day, you know, you walk out and you make judgments, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, you gotta stop doing that. Look at what you've been given that you didn't deserve. That's right. If we can value people, it'll it'll take us far. If we can value ourselves for what. Um, for how God made us, not what we have or what we can do well. It's just a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Stop being stop being so cocky, Matt. You know, <laughs> so you can hit stuff. So you can so you can play drums. Yeah. I'm at my best when I don't think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm at my best when I am just myself in a hardware store talking to the pink guy. Yeah. I, I, I legitimately enjoy that kind of uh day yeah so the conversation kind of throws me off and i wanted to bring it up here yeah because it's it's always been odd to me how highly regarded musicians are yeah and celebrities are right so with that being said uh how's the band matt <laughs> <laughs> i knew it i knew it i knew we were gonna land here i'm just kidding but actually before well, we uh, before we jump into our topics uh <laughs> i do want to point out that you are having a baby. And I'm just so happy for you. It's it's a secret that I know you've had to keep for quite some time now. Um so there have probably been subtle nods to it uh in episodes past um without coming out and saying it. <laughs> but right. but um you've done a very good job of keeping it a secret and I'm very happy for you and um very happy that the world knows now. Thank you. Yeah. I learned something through this, which is it's good to take a break from social media. Mm-hmm. So I took about three weeks off. Me too. I would post stories here and there, but mm-hmm. you did too? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. I don't know what your ex- your experience was probably like mine. I, I can't imagine it was a bad experience. Um, <laughs> I told Annie yesterday... It, our life was 
exactly the same and even better not being on Instagram, which tells me that if it goes away, I'll just say social media. If and when it goes away, we'll be just fine. It's If you want to know what your life is like um, without the thing that you're on a lot or a part of or spend time with, just remove the thing and you'll see. Yeah. And it's it's a pretty affirming idea that you can take the thing out and life is actually the same or even mm-hmm. better. That's right. I, for myself, it was better. I, I can't speak for my wife. I think she'd say the same thing. But we, we ended up um, telling everybody that our friends and family, you know, as many as we could in person. Mm-hmm. And it was really great to just have a one-on-one conversation with someone about the fact that we're having a baby yeah. in September. Instead of it being like, hey, we're having a baby, and people leave comments. And it's like, that is that is awesome. It does feel great to have support and people say nice things. It really does. It's one of the coolest things. But I, I guess I had forgotten how awesome it is when you just have a normal conversation mm-hmm. with someone and announce to them in person, yeah. hey, just want to let you know we're having a baby. Mm-hmm. What? I didn't see anything. And then... Sometimes the next idea is, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't see anything online yeah. about it. Yeah, we we actually haven't said anything right. yet. So then it's like, oh, cool, we're able to just talk about this, and it's not public yet. Mm-hmm. I think that that was new for us. Everything is so online, and to do something like this where we waited for more reason, I would say that wasn't even one of our reasons. Yeah, but it was, it was really fun. That's awesome. To go about it that way. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, We are obviously so stoked and over the moon. Everything's been going really well. That's awesome. Um, As far as the pregnancy, um, we've been working on the house a lot. Mm -hmm. So much like you, it's been projects, projects, projects. And it's it's a lot. I have to like, (laughs) there's like a, there's like a, pathway through our house stuff on either side it's <laughs> like doors and hinges yeah. and we had carpet installed so everything was taken out of this room and it's over here mm-hmm. and wh- wait where's my pants you know oh, they're over there okay where's my printer I, I, I have no idea I'll just have to go buy a new one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah man I know it all too well it's but it's exciting yeah. and there's something for me at least when when you're doing something for your kid it like it almost doesn't feel like work. No, exactly. Like it's it's there's excitement because you're like, man, this is like, especially like like house stuff or like, you know, building toys or building a piece of furniture that your kids are gonna like. Like my father-in-law came over and we built our, uh, built the the boys' uh, bunk beds because Caden mm-hmm. requested bunk beds that the kids wanted to sleep in the same room <laughs> and have bunk beds. So. Oh. Um, even though they could actually have their own rooms, <laughs> they wanted to stay in the same room. Um, oh, that's so, awesome. so we, we built them bunk beds and it was like, it, it was, it wasn't easy, you know? I mean, furniture building has become easier over the years with pre-drilled holes and all that stuff, but it, you know, it wasn't easy, but it was exciting mm-hmm. and it was fun yeah. because I knew like, as soon as this thing is built, the kids are going to go wild. They're going to go, ex- you know, oh, they're yeah. going to be ecstatic. So anytime I'm doing anything, even like you know, we did a lot of work on this house, obviously, and everything was like, yeah, at some point we're going to be enjoying this space or this mm-hmm. item or this piece of the house. And and just that aspect alone just made it that much more fun to do, even though it was, mm-hmm. you know, hard work. 
you know. Yeah. So, uh, I agree. I'm excited for you very to rewarding. experience that as well. Or you've, you have yeah. been experiencing it, but even more so Absolutely, once, I have. once the baby comes and you're at the store and you're like, oh, my, my, my kid will love this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, buying something with, with that in mind or seeing something and thinking of them like that, it's just such a cool experience. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I feel very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in right now. Mm. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Drum topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is our drum topic? Our drum topic today is fills, which again, fills. Okay. when I realized that we have never talked about fills before, I mean, obviously in passing, but never directly, um, I, yeah. uh, I kind of chuckled a little bit because I was surprised. Right. Because <laughs> huh. we've come up with okay. so many abstract drum topics pulling out of thin air. And there's something mm-hmm. as generic almost and uh, typical as fills, and we've never even covered it. So, yep. so that's our topic for today. Um, all right. Well, yeah. this will be easy. Uh, all you need to know are quads, folks. <laughs> right, left, kick, kick. No. That's right. Just kidding. I mean, it's a good start. It is a good start. You want to impress your friends, that's what you do. Yeah. It's the easiest thing that sounds the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll let you take this all, uh, take this away, but I think I would say first, um, there is, uh, what was that? Oh, there's a, a fill called a, uh, P-roll that I want to talk about. Just remind me later. Okay. A P-roll. Um, and I'll, I'll bring it up. I'd love yeah. to hear about the P-roll. Like, uh, it's like a B-roll, like B-roll, but. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. P-roll. Love it. Uh, so. I guess to start, let's let's just define fills a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it probably doesn't really need a definition because the name itself kind of defines it. But um, <clears throat> fills, in most cases, uh, for those non-drummers out there, uh, kind of it's 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 a filler, hence the mm-hmm. term fill. Um, but what you'll often see <laughs> is, <laughs> see, have you ever thought about what we do in this podcast? State we, the we're obvious. We're literally talking about a word, a word, and <laughs> it's, it's, we're professionals, we're professionals folks. That's right. Well, I have to start I mean, somewhere. Where it, it's it's <laughs> it's hard it's hard to define this. I just couldn't hold it back. It's so hard to define that it's almost in the name itself. If we if we it's, think about <laughs> fills. We have to then say it comes from the root word of the Latin Greek word filler, filler. <laughs> which uh, was founded by Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. Derived if you really think from, about it. <laughs> used in the sentence, like uh, yeah, we could go, we could go that way. Uh, so, for, for, for anyone listening who's not a drummer, because if you're a drummer, I, I guarantee you know what a fill is. But for anyone listening, <laughs> let's just take a four, four, four groove for for example. So one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I like that groove. Uh, that's uh, that's. <laughs> I was explaining four, four. I'm getting real general here. <laughs> take take four, four. Uh, typically, for at least those first three measures that I just laid out for you, you'll be playing a pretty generic groove. That. So by the time you get to that fourth measure, 
typically either on the one or the three, you're going to start a fill uh, to bring you into that next set of measures. Um, this isn't every time. Sometimes we'll do, you know, three or four measures of four, and then that last, you know, measure will either be a fill or that last half a measure will be a fill. So uh, when you so, say measure, do you mean so? So for me, when I think of a measure, I think of. Uh, one and two and three and four and two and two and three and four and three and two and three and four and four and two and three and four and that would be one measure. So you're defining to me. a measure. Yeah, yeah. That's personally, but everybody does it differently. Yeah. Um, it just depends on how you frame it. So just just for myself, so, so I would the say grouping that's, of four that's is your one, measure. Yeah, yeah. That would be one measure. That would be one measure for me mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, so yeah. I would. You could say we could we could start to fill on the four is how I would explain mm -hmm. it to the band guys. Which by the way, um when when we're talking about stuff like this, we we don't know what we're talking about. I mean <laughs> we're trying to explain it as best we can. And <laughs> well, I, I mean in terms of the band. Oh, when oh, we're yeah, yeah. when when we're talking, quote unquote, uh what to do when and how to do it. It's just the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. You don't get into the nitty gritty of what the technical terms are. I mean, sometimes it'll be like, let's play that. Let's take off the last. Da, da, da. Okay, let's try it again. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, the technical way to say it would be let's take off the last three eighth notes or three quarter notes off of bar. Yeah. Right. But you don't have time to say that. Just path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. What gets the job done? Yeah. That's what we're trying to do here because. For me, at least, that's real life, mm -hmm. and um, in the real world of metal in the August Burns Red galaxy, mm -hmm. that's how things. So, work. how would so, you consider? So, what's what's that? So, if if we if we're defining that grouping of four as a measure, um, right? Would it would the would a bar in your in your case? If we're going back to theory, the bar would be that one, two, three, four. That's the first bar. I don't know. I I don't really talk or think about bars. Uh, so I, I honestly I don't. You don't I'm go not to the sure. bar I, ever. I, it's, it's not like a I, thing. For I don't you. go to the bar. I try to avoid it. Uh, I do. I do go to the measure. I I think that I think it probably would be. Um, just going back to the idea of fills. When I the first thing I think of when I think of a fill is I'm over here on the hi hat, mm -hmm. and I just started playing drums. So I'm playing a basic 4-4 four, four groove like you're saying. Yep. One, two, three, four. Right hand on hi-hat, left hand mm -hmm. on snare, right foot on kick. And I want to go over the ride, but that feels like it's four miles away. Yeah. How am I going to do that? So you're approaching fills as a transition. Yes. Okay. It's a transitory tool. Yeah. I like that. In the beginning, when I played it. drums, I I couldn't figure out how to get over there. Mm -hmm. So I would literally just stay over here. Like I got a... I remember my neck getting sore from turning towards the hi-hat so much mm. in the beginning. I had a ride, a B8 Sabian uh, sheet symbol that sounded like sheet. <laughs> but uh, <Yeah. laughs> I just couldn't figure out how to get over there, which sounds ridiculous because all you have to do is move your arm. Yeah. You pivot at your shoulder or your elbow. Right. But a fill eventually helped me get over there. Good old Phil helped me. Right. So... Pat Boone, Debbie Boone, right? Pat Boone, Debbie Boone, Boone. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm over on my ride. There you go. And, uh, another Pat Boone, Debbie Boone, back <laughs> on my hi-hat. Yeah. So 
a transition is the, the first thing that I think about when I think about Phil because that's how I used it mm. the first time. Like it actually helped me do what I needed to do on the drums. Yeah. Um, another thing I'll say about a Phil as I hijack your conversational <laughs> feels, just to, just so yeah. that we're balancing each other out. Yeah, here no, I think it's maybe good you to have a different idea. The, the 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 verbiage a little bit, so that's good. I like it. Define the verbiage as uh, non-professional. <laughs> yeah. Well, for uh, the sake of this conversation, I think professionals. it's good to define it because I think I think many people would interpret certain things a certain way, and you don't mm-hmm. want to let their mind go in one direction and be like, no, actually, we're back over here. So yeah, you're doing right. a good job. We're fighting. We're fighting well. <laughs> I heard it said by Mike Johnston actually mm-hmm. a while ago. Which, by the way, um, we're going to be working together for the first time. Nice. He invited me to the UK drum show. Very cool. In September. I'm very excited. I love it, man. If you haven't heard of Mike's Lessons, check out mikeslessons.com. Yes. Yeah. Probably the best educator in he the world. He is great. In yeah. the uh, world of drums. Mm-hmm. So he once said, uh, most fills are not very long. In fact, if you're playing drums for Taylor Swift, what would be characterized as a long fill would legitimately be this long. One E into two E into two E into two and three into three into four E into that dune. Bat boom. Right? That that's a maybe not a long fill, but that's an acceptable fill. Well in the world of metal, that entire groove I just played is a fill. Now you're out. It's very genre specific. Yeah. In a Taylor Swift context, a fill that's longer than two or three sixteenth notes is overplaying. Right. And metal, a fill that is shorter than one entire measure <laughs> is weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's obviously hyperbole, but you, you get the point. One is pushing the limits with a few 16th notes, and one is sitting right where it should be mm-hmm. with 16 16th right, notes. Right, right. It's funny that you started with transition because that's where I ended. That's where I've ended up. Originally, mm-hmm. when I was approaching Phil's, starting to play drums, a fill was something flashy that I could do to make myself sound cool. Mm-hmm. That's what a fill was in my mind. It had no other purpose right. other than just. I agree. This with is that. the cool part of, you know, of the uh, the grouping. <laughs> yeah. Right. I did the same thing. <laughs> this is the cool part of the grouping. Okay. There we go. Ah, and now uh, we're at uh, the fun yeah, part. <laughs> this is what makes me look like a really good drummer. Uh, and now the groove. Now it has become very uh, strategic. It's very much exactly okay. Where does this fit, and why am I doing it? That's always yep. the thinking behind it. And so, um, so the reason I was going into the <laughs> That's reason very I, funny. The, I'm the same yeah, way, dude. The approach. I was like, This is boring. I hate this. Can't wait to get Here we go. <laughs> and you can totally tell when someone has this mindset, like us, because right. we're children, uh-huh. when it comes to drumming, where it's just like the grooves, just this <laughs> yeah. is there. And you can tell they're kind of pushing, 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 yeah, pushing. And then all of a sudden, the fill is so many more 30-second notes than it needs to be. Yeah. And it's like... 
right. crash hits at the end somewhere, <laughs> not on the one, and you're back in the crappy groove yeah. you were playing yeah. before. Yeah. Well, the funny I thing is, drums to fill. I, I think this isn't surprising to me because um, uh, I think you and I found a similarity early on in this podcast that we both uh, like. Wipeout was one of the songs that we like first learned, and that song is pretty much just a, a fill the entire song <laughs> it's like all right it's da, funny da, that da, people da, 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 look at okay, that here, fill here and they think here's my moment <laughs> exactly <laughs> floor time yeah yeah yep. i mean Just it's a legendary <laughs> groove if yeah, you will yeah. because it's it's catchy yeah but it's i remember my dad i remember the moment my dad said to me if you can play wipeout on your practice pad after a year you can buy a drum set there you go yeah I had never heard Wipeout, so I listened to Wipeout. I'm like, what? I play that now. <laughs> yeah. And I talked to him about it. No, I talked to somebody else about it, and they're like, they're like, Wipeout. <laughs> Man, that is, whoo. <laughs> you, you think you can play that, well, man? For, it's for like your average everyday uh, dashboard, you know, car dashboard drummer. They're, uh, you know, that's a toughie. That's a... You need some. Now uh, we talk about bleed, you know? Like, now we're like, playing wipeout on your feet. Can you play that? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think everybody that's ever lived can play wipeout if it's played slow, slow enough. enough and right. you just show them I think, where to hit harder I think with what their most right people hand. Or, see it as is not difficulty in understanding it. I think actually why, it's, why it became so popular was because people could understand it. But That's what they exactly can't right. do is they can't keep up with it. Maybe for the first measure, as we'll call it. Yeah. Maybe they can do it for the first measure, but after that, <laughs> as we'll call it, <laughs> after that first measure, what is a measure? It's up in the air. Like the consistency is gonna, you know. That's off to the wind, you know. You you never know, and that's and that's when people start to struggle. It's like okay, now they're going back to just clapping along instead of <laughs> trying to drum yeah, along. Yeah, and I with think it, you know? I I I agree with that, but I think it's even way beyond that. Where I'm sure, yeah. Someone's like someone someone is like, what are they hitting to make that sound? Mm, yeah. I mean, think about an instrument you don't know how to play, and you you hear stuff, and I, I'll be the first to admit. I don't know that much about guitar. I played classical for a little bit, but when someone plays guitar, I I don't really know how they're making, how, like how they're organizing notes. Yeah. And so someone else would hear it that's guitarist and be like, oh, that's not hard at all to play. Right? Yeah. Like for for example, um, um, pinch harmonics. Mm. When I hear a pinch harmonic, some people would say, oh my gosh, it's so easy. Or hammer-ons are a good example yeah. of this. Yep. I don't know how to do that. I know that people would say, "Oh, that." I mean, that's easy. Mm -hmm. But it's it sounds cool, yeah. and it's actually it sounds cool probably because it is simple. So when someone hears wipeout, like wow, I kind of understand that. But they don't really know. They might not know what instrument it's played on, what what part of the drum set it's played on, right. what accents are. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't know that it's all right hand if you're a right handed mm -hmm. drummer. Like it doesn't switch. Yeah. Whereas something that's Mm -hmm. They wouldn't necessarily know that right. if you're playing dotted eighth notes or sixteenths, right. it's switching mm -hmm. your lead hand. Yeah. So there's all those nuances that we know as drummers without even realizing that yeah. we know it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. 
and we're forgetting that when we when we talk <laughs> we'll about, talk about that. So I'm trying Which to is why I I'm trying to argue yeah. for the. <laughs> so my point yeah. being, and I'm probably gonna, I, I'm sure I've told this story before, but but what I what I was thinking about when I was thinking about fills was um, specifically um, using them as needed. So um, a lot of that is going to, as we just kind of mentioned, it's it's going to be based on the style of music you're playing. You know, certain styles call for different things. Um, but I just remember when I was in the studio with a producer, um, you know, there was one song specifically that I pretty much introed the song with a fill. Um, and it took up the entire bar as mm. we'll define it. So quarter of a measure in four, four. Um, so I was playing that, duh. And that's how I came in. And he basically said, you need to cut that in half. <laughs> Wait, so it was, it, so it one, was like three two. and a four we end up. Yeah, yeah. One, two, it was that long. three, okay. four. And he basically just said, we're going to cut that in half. One, two, three. And that's, okay. and he, so that's what the fill ended up becoming. Um, or the intro fill. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that, for whatever reason, that moment, even though I'd been listening to all different types of styles and stuff, when, when the producer put it into perspective, like, you don't need all that, like, just come in with this simple, like cut it in half. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And it took me a second to like really process what he was saying. And I was so used to playing it this other way. Um, cause it felt cool. It had this groovy vibe and I was coming in. It was like this kind of, you know kind of sweeping fill and um and he was like no don't don't play it that way cut it cut it in half why, why would you do that and it was like so oh, he's like start on the four or something start on like the three one e and the yeah. two e and the yeah exactly see we're doing it we're doing the music we're talk doing right the now. music talk and it works and it works <laughs> i understand what you're saying <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying uh i don't understand words I understand. And, bars and all that we're just gonna <laughs> yeah. just gonna s sing the drum parts you're gonna sound like a bunch of goons <laughs> on here <laughs> i really hope you're enjoying listening to this drumming it's, section oh of the yeah, podcast. yeah we're very technical <laughs> it's uh it's very advanced <laughs> if you can uh if if you can break down what we're uh, what we're singing to you in drum form, uh, then you'll be you'll be solid. <laughs> then I'll tell you what you can just take the driver's seat. Come on over, yeah. you can take over the podcast. <laughs> so so that's where I went. Where that's where my head went when I started thinking about fills, just because um, you know it's it has changed and developed over time in my playing um, and. I still do love a song with a really unique fill. Foo Fighters has tons of them. I love playing Foo Fighters songs because there's always Absolutely. that fill that everyone knows. It's iconic, um, you know, and everyone can play it because it's simple enough to understand in most cases. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, this, you know, that that part, I love that part, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone loves da -da -da, when you play it even. da 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 <laughs> da 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 it's such catchy. You know what? Writing simple drum parts is much harder than writing complex ones. Yeah. Writing I the, went through a phase where it was just simple like, drum parts is much harder. You can write simple yes, drum parts all day, but writing the ones that are appropriate exactly for the song, it, that's, yes. that's a skill. 
Very hard. I went through a phase where it was just all double bass. I would, I would literally, I called it a filler. Talking about this is hilarious. We're talking about the root word of fill. Yes, fill, fill, (laughs) fill is the root word of filler, which is the Latin Greek word for thriller, which is Michael Jackson's Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's right. So there you have it. Um, (laughs) This wasn't a fill though. It was just like I would use it as filler, quite literally. If I had a part that was like. I actually just sang part of an ABR song. That's funny. I didn't know what to play there. So for a while, I, instead of coming up with a cool groove, I would come up with with double bass, just 16 note triplets yeah. or 30 second is because it was just like cut and paste. Yeah. And eventually I realized I was doing it and I needed to stop. Hmm. It was the lazy thing to do. It was hard because double bass is hard, but it was the lazy thing to do creatively. Right. So when you hear something simple, don't don't knock it. Put it don't 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 put it down. In fact, you, well, you can, but try to play it first mm-hmm. and make it feel and sound the way that that artist does. And if you can do it, then okay. Yeah. Talk crap on it. Yeah. Um, sure. But until you do that and until you write something of that caliber yeah. that's catchy and simple, you'd be surprised. I, I I did the same thing back in the day. Oh, man, it's so... What would you, you say know, one of your most iconic drum so parts simple. is? I don't know your... One f- of mine? Yeah, like, I don't know your fan base as well as you do. So what would you say Whitewashed is like... Whitewashed yeah, drum intro. I, that, that was going to be my guess, actually. So... It's not the easiest thing to play, obviously, but it's you know it's not the hardest. Pretty simple. Right. Right. You probably couldn't hear any of that because of AirPods, but my computer recording did. So as a listener, you heard what Tim did. People love that Which was fill, man. a 7.30 a.m. whitewashed <laughs> yeah. interpretation. <laughs> people people go nuts for that fill. But, you know, when I was thinking about it, speaking of fills, I'm going to bring up a an iconic fill, Phil Collins. <laughs> ah. And what's the, what's the iconic fill? Exactly. Everyone knows that. It's the, like, everyone can play it, even people who aren't drummers. And it's... One of the most iconic fills ever. It's so and as sick. soon as you play it, it, you know exactly what song it's from. Yeah, you know, and it's like. Do you know what one of the best fills is? That's probably the shortest best fill. Yeah. Uh, you might not know give this, it to me. but check this out. That's the beginning. Then it goes into halftime. Deaf tones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bunga. <laughs> That's true. You should uh you should play that intro fill right now. But I can only play six seconds of it because <laughs> it's copyrighted. You just heard six seconds, folks. Yeah. And if you didn't, then Tim forgot I said that I, in this I episode. Probably did. I, I love that fill. That's so cool. It's so catchy. It's so it's so simple. Yeah, simple and appropriate. I think so. I think that is where we're boiling down here. You know, there's lots of ways to approach fills in your playing. A lot of it, obviously, 
is dependent on the style of music you're playing and what's called for. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what it boils down to is, are your fills appropriate for what you're playing? If mm-hmm. you're using them for transitions, there that's a good start, I think. Because it took and it, it took me keyword a to Tim get there. is for what you're playing. For what you're playing. Yeah, appropriate for yeah. what you're playing. For what you're playing. Mm-hmm. Is it is it genre specific? <clears throat> Are you playing something that fits the tone and fluidity and sound? Mm-hmm. That's important. And sometimes you can't hear that yourself. So ask other people. Yeah. Alongside of that, though, I would say... Some people are trying to stretch those <laughs> boundaries. And that's not a bad I thing. I know. Do your own thing. I know. Thing. That's exactly what I was <laughs> about to your say. Own way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I know. Sometimes I go back do on my Do what you want to do. <laughs> do... Don't... Yeah, don't confine yeah. yourself to a box. But I think there is... So I guess it all depends on your goal. If you just want to do what you want to do, like... Uh, you know, I've been getting into math rock a lot recently, and that's just math rock. It's just very technical. Nice. I mean, yeah. it's you know, it's out there, and it's weird. And like, and really what's a only band? Drummers, animals, animals to. as leaders is a great example. Oh, yeah. I think of yeah. like a math rocky. I mean, they've got other yep. styles that are woven in there too. But it's you know, like it as a musician, as a drummer there's a lot to be appreciated. So it's like, know your audience first, maybe. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, if you're look if you're looking to hit top 40 pop radio, um, know your audience because they're not going to respond yeah, that's well a good point. to a, you know, two, three, four bar fill that is all over the place. <laughs> they're just, they're not, yeah. they're just not going to respond. Um, that goes to the point, though, if you're in a band that's yours, you can do what you want. Do exactly what you want. Unless your record label has something to do with yeah, it. But if, if you're new. a hired gun, that's the limiting factor. That's true. Who's your boss? Mm-hmm. Who's your boss? If you're the boss, do what you want. Mm-hmm. If you own if you own the land, then do what you want on your land, right? I mean, right. I just had this conversation this week. I, I thought I was going to get in trouble for um, a farm practice on my farm. And I was told, what are you talking about? You you own the land. You can do whatever you want. Now, that has limiting factors, too. But this specific yeah. thing was fine to do. Same thing with music. <laughs> if, you own the, if you own the band and you're the boss, you can do what you want. That's if right. you're a hired gun, you definitely cannot yeah. do whatever you want and can't play whatever you that's want. That's true. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Because, yeah, I mean, I think in music, especially nowadays, there's nothing new under the sun. So push those limits. Push those boundaries a little bit. Um, but I think knowing, knowing your audience and knowing who your boss is, I think that's Mm. ultimately, you know, sometimes you have to cater to those things as much as you might not want to. Um, but ultimately if you're playing, play for yourself, enjoy what you do. Who's your boss, Tim? Who's my boss? Yeah. Uh, I might get in trouble for saying who my boss is, so. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say your boss then. (laughs) I am not your boss. Okay. Uh, with that said, let's move on to the faith topic. Yes. I'm excited about this one. Uh, so I came up with these topics uh, before I could open my eyes this morning. <laughs> it, you had I, a dream. I, my alarm went off at 5.20 in the morning, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I sat there and I was like, oh, we need to land on some topics for this episode we're going to record in t minus 30 <laughs> minutes or whatever um 
And uh, so this one came to me because of a, an experience that I had recently. So uh, I guess my question to you is, Matt, do you want to kick this off and then I can round it out? Or would you like me to take it and then you uh, add your thoughts? I mean, I don't really know what it is, so okay. I think you should take right. it off. But <laughs> I, I will say that... Um, yeah, I think you should. I think okay. you should take it off. Yeah, we do have a time limit. I know that's where you were going to go with that. Um, no, uh-uh. no, no, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I got distracted by. Uh, I just got this new machine. It's called a lawn lower, <laughs> and it's it's hilarious. It's like a lawn mower, but you just flip the letters inside oh, out. Oh yeah, lawn lower. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and I just I just got distracted because it's a it's like a robotic um, cleaner. Ah. Uh. Like for your house, for like, like a lawn mower for your grass, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it could be for leakage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I get distracted by my lawn mower. Yeah, no worries, and, no worries. Uh, so our faith topic today it, is uh, good Samaritan, and the reason I wanted to talk about this specifically was because I had an experience recently. So a, a little bit about something I'm passionate about. I, I'm really, I think that it is a basic human right to have a home, to be fed, to, to have food and to have shelter. I think that is something that everyone deserves, no matter how horrible of a human being you are, no matter what choices you've made in life. That is something that you should have. <laughs> and so homelessness and poverty, uh, is a really close thing to me. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it just really hits home whenever, whenever I am, whenever I have the opportunity to um, like donate to a uh, charity that is doing a really good work. Like that is what I gravitate towards um, whenever right. we can help in our community, um, like via our church or, or, you know, um, some outreach ministry like that is that is what I gravitate towards it's just something mm -hmm. you know is inside of me that, that it just really I really care about that um so it's mm -hmm. always really tough for me uh so yesterday I was in the city uh New York City and I probably walked past I don't know 20 homeless people um and you, it's so tough because I don't have the ability to help even one or two of them in, in the way that they need help. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you end up becoming numb to it. You just, you see them and you keep on going, you know, is, and, and for me, it's, it's so hard to do that. My wife actually avoids certain areas because she doesn't feel like she can, like she mm -hmm. wants to stop and help every single person. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so the other day I was, uh, I was eating lunch down the road from my office and I was kind of just sitting there minding my own business and, and someone came in and I like kind of took notice of her. She came in and, and she asked how much, like, she asked, what's the cheapest thing on your menu? And so the guy pointed out, it was like a five dollar hot dog or something like that expensive hot dog mm. side 
side note. Um, <laughs> that was the cheapest thing on the menu. And so she was like, okay. And then, and then walked out. And I didn't think Expensive too much. I didn't think like too much of it at the moment. Um, but after she walked out and I was sitting there eating my lunch, then it struck me. I was like, she probably doesn't have money for lunch. And then as I was thinking further, I was like, yeah, the clothes she was wearing were pretty worn. The mm -hmm. shoes were pretty worn. Um, I was like, I, I bet she does. I bet she didn't have enough money for lunch. And I looked around to see if she was still around. Cause I was going to call her over and try to appropriately offer to buy her lunch. And it was too late at that moment. And then, and so I've, I've been thinking about this, this, this happened. I don't know, a week and a half ago. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. It was like one of those moments where I had the opportunity to actually help somebody. I don't know if they were homeless. I don't know what their financial situation was. But from my recollection, based on what I gathered from that, just overhearing what was happening, it seemed to me like she couldn't afford her lunch. <laughs> she couldn't mm -hmm. afford a $5 hot dog. Um and I could have stepped in. I could have bought her lunch. That's something that I yep. actually could have done um, mm -hmm. for this person. Um, might not have meant a lot. And, you know, if I had offered, she might have said no. She might have gotten embarrassed. She might have gotten angry at the, you know, mere <laughs> idea of me saying, hey, can I buy you lunch? You know, you never know how people are going to respond. But it's been sitting with me this whole time. And, and it reminded me just, I, I've been thinking a lot about the story of the Good Samaritan, which is a story that I'm sure we've mentioned, but we've never actually talked about it. So I wanted to talk about it really quickly today. Um, so the story of the Good Samaritan is, it's a parable that Jesus told. Um, and the reason it's so hard hitting is because the, the story basically goes like this. There's a um, there's a Jewish man who is, uh, traveling, um, down a road and some thieves come, they take all his stuff, they beat him up, they leave him for dead naked on the side of the road. And, uh, there's, there are a few individuals who pass by him and they notice him, but they're too busy or, too high authority one and in fact is a priest you would think the priest of all people would be the person to go and help this person yeah. to help someone mm -hmm. in need lying there for left for dead um but no everyone passes him by he's he's there and then a samaritan walks by now in those times and the reason why this is so hard to hitting is because the jews and the samaritans did not get along they were uh, basically, you know, like take, I don't know the best example of this nowadays, but like uh, a Christian and a Muslim or something. I don't know. That's not a good example either because there's a lot, you know, <laughs> it really depends on. Uh, a Republican and a Democrat. Yeah, let's say a Republican and a Democrat. Um, a conservative sure, and a let's go, let's, liberal. Let's go that route. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you take two, two divided people groups basically and uh mm -hmm. people who resent each other and those times it was actually even beyond that where things got dangerous <laughs> like you don't enter uh 
a Jewish country as a Samaritan and vice versa because bad things could happen. So anyway, the Samaritan's walking by this, this Jew on the side of the road, left for dead, and he is the one to stop and not just like help him out, not just give him some clothes or give him a drink of water. He actually goes the extra mile, takes this guy, um, walk, you know, I guess he, I think in the story he's like, you know, riding a donkey or something. Anyway, takes, takes this, um, this poor guy, uh, walks the rest of the way, uh, has this guy on his, his donkey, brings him all the way to like a, like a hotel, pays the, pays the people to take care of him, feed him out of his own pocket and, you know, helps this guy survive. Um, and so the, it's such a hard hitting story. Cause it's like, how many times, like, uh, you know, how many times have I driven past someone on the side of the road with a flat tire or, mm-hmm. or walked past a homeless person or, uh, didn't take the opportunity to buy someone's lunch who was seemingly in need, you know, like there's so many opportunities. And when I think about it, it's almost overwhelming how many times I, I have been, the priest that has walked past this person mm-hmm. in need. And, and granted, maybe it's not to the gravity of this story of the good Samaritan where someone is actually lying left for dead naked on the side of the road. You know, um, if that's the case, I'm sure most of us would <laughs> step in and help this person. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I'm trying to, I, I try to take it from a practical standpoint, just w- what opportunities in my life am I walking past? Mm-hmm. The one that sticks in my mind is just this lady who needed some food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably not going to be able to forget about it for a while. <laughs> it's not that I'm feeling mm-hmm. guilty about it. It's just that it's sticking with me. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about her. I am wishing that I had done something about it. And so... Um, all that to say, um, are there opportunities in our lives to be the good Samaritan? What is, what is a practical way to approach the world in which we live where we can't help everybody? You know, that's, that's kind of the premise of the conversation I wanted mm-hmm. to bring up. It's great. What I hear you <laughs> saying is you have a specific um calling i would i would say it's a calling there are there are those of us who would be sitting in that same restaurant and not be aware of the same things that you are <clears throat> much like someone else is sitting there and they see something else or someone else they see another need honestly think about that it's it doesn't make one better or worse than than the other it's just the way we're built we're all built differently. Mm-hmm. And if you realize that, then Tim, you have a specific, like you said, a passion for the need that people have for shelter, for food. And not everyone sees that. Mm. Not everyone has a heart for that. Because you do and because it's something that you're still thinking about and will continue to think about, um, it's now your responsibility to... Do something about it. Mm-hmm. My my pastor talks about people that complain. Uh, I'll draw the parallel here. Um, 
you're not complaining, but someone that complains is showing that they have potential to be the solution. So if you're saying, man, it's just so terrible that there's no one watching these kids as they run up and down this hallway, like, where are the parents? It's ridiculous. My pastor would say, well, sounds like you see a need and instead of just complaining about it, we're actually going to put you in a position where you can manage the situation mm. and create a solution, which I just think is so genius because instead of looking at it as like, stop complaining, it's like, no, actually that's, that's good. You see something that not everyone else sees mm-hmm. and it bothers you, which means you care about it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which means we can, we can now affect change. Right. You can do this because you care. It's actually a strength. Yeah. And I would say the same thing to you. And if you're listening to this, you know, you might have the same eyes, if you will, that Tim has in this in this area or this realm. And there are those of you listening who don't. Well, one shouldn't look at the other and look down their nose at them. Hmm. You know, everyone has a different lens that they, they see the world. And it's okay if, if you see things differently than someone else there's nothing wrong with that actually what what is important to you might not be important to someone else that's good there the bible talks about there being many parts of the body Mm -hmm. and what good is uh you know a mouth if um if there's if 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 there are no ears and what good are ears if there's no eyes and you need the entirety of the body to be fully functional that's right yeah yeah so as as you're talking, I'm reminded of a lyric I wrote. What you said is 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 um, thorough, and I I can't add to it a whole lot more mm-hmm. because it's well it's well put. Um, but the one thing I I can add is a lyric that I wrote, uh, which it's called Lighthouse. It's on Guardians. And I've talked about this before, maybe on Holy Ghost Notes, maybe on other podcasts, but the idea came from a sermon I heard at church. And the sermon said that when the Good Samaritan was on that road, along with the Jew, along with everyone else that was making that journey, what we think of today is that the road was wide. Maybe they missed them. Maybe maybe the guy in need was... Uh, kind of off the off the road a bit in a trench you know there's no way that people people saw him and just mm-hmm. kind of kept going and from what i remember this pastor saying that's not true this section of the road was actually very narrow think of a trail that you're hiking mm-hmm. say the appalachian trail or um if you're a fan of uh all trails, which is a really cool app. You can you can find trails in your backyard. Any common trail is, is not real wide in the woods, mm-hmm. right? It's just made for one-way traffic, and maybe if someone's coming the other direction, you kind of step off and let them by. Yeah. That, that is what we're looking at here. We're looking at someone literally physically stepping over top mm-hmm. of the person in need. Man, oh, man. Like picking your leg up and stepping over top. Yeah. Maybe there's dirt on the bottom of your shoe, and it's like... Now there's some on this person's shirt or skin because they're not wearing a shirt. I got, 
I got home after hearing the sermon on a Sunday and I sat down to write this lyric because what I have seen in the music industry is that people really care about each other. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen in the church at times is that people don't really care about each other. Mm -hmm. And there we are on a Sunday talking about people in need and we're all sitting in this auditorium together and we leave and it's like, do people really care about what happens on the outside of these church walls? I hope so. That yeah. sermon was convicting. Yeah. But will it really change things? Or, this is what I write about, imagine a scenario where there's a church and picture Switzerland, beautiful mountains. The church is in the pinnacle of these mountains. You can hear church bells. People are standing, backs to the door, go out the door, and sort of fly over the landscape to this trail, and there's a man in need, and he hears the church bells, and he can see the backs of Christians turned, the backs of these Christians um, facing him. His need is not met with any love. Mm. Or any desire to help. Instead, people are just standing in a church singing songs about helping. They're not actually doing anything about it. Right. So I wrote this song called Lighthouse, and it says, Take another look around. There's so much loss to be found. People everywhere are hurting, even though they're counted out. There's so much loss to be found. Passion in action is compassion. Love is greater than what it's made of. It will cost you. Someone has to pay. Give nothing, and you'll waste your wealth away. Someone has to pay. Their prayers to a God are spoken in vain. His home is with the broken. He is the answer to their pain. A faith so fragile, they're told to never leave. Scared they'll be seen for what they are, not what they've achieved. What I saw when I got home from that sermon was this. These Christians are standing at a church praying to a God who's not there. He's out with the broken man. And if we look at the life of Jesus, that's what we see. We see a, we see a God who, who spent time with, we, we see a God who spent time with, my series turning on. <laughs> we see a God who's spending time with people that are broken, people that are in need, people that realize the depth of their sin and depravity. And the Pharisees are the ones standing at a church, nose up praying to a God, doing all the right things. Church bells ringing. And uh, it really bothered me because it's what I've seen um, and it's also what I've been at times. We all need to take a serious look at our own hearts. Uh, not, not, at, not at other people. Now is not the time to be doing that. The Bible's clear about this. Don't look at the speck in your, in your neighbor's eye. Look at the log in your own. Seriously, take another look around. Like Tim, like you're saying, there's so much loss to be found. People everywhere are hurting, even though they're counted out. So in closing this, I would say, are you going to look at your own heart? Are you going to look at your own life? Are you willing to say the things you complain about, the things that you have, the things that concern you, the things that you can't stop thinking about, are you willing to say it's, it's more than just a thought? It's more than just a feeling. You can do something. 
And if, if you're going to sit here and say, well, look at those Christians over there. Look at the church in the West. You're missing the point completely because you can rise up and actually do something. You live in the area you're complaining about. <laughs> Doesn't that make you a good candidate to be a solution? It sure seems like it does for me. It sure seems like it's pretty apparent to Tim. <laughs> so basically, I think what we're saying here is the call to action or the general uh, mindset that we're leaving with for both topics is actually very similar. Uh, and that is mm-hmm. identify the need. So mm. with drumming, identify the need for the fill and approach mm-hmm. your fills that way, especially when writing. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in life, identify the need that you can meet. Identify, um, you know, if something sticks out to you, uh, be, be the one to, to, uh, to make a difference, to, to change it, you know, to be the change that you see the need for. So identify the need. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Instead of complaining, start contributing. Right. Contributing. That's a hard word to say. Contributing, which is Latin and Greek for the word... <laughs> I don't have anything. It's not as hard to say as gastrointestinal. Gastrointestinal. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It's very hard to say, especially at this early hour in the morning. Yeah, that's why they say GI. That's right. Okay, well, that was... I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like I'm ready to take on the day. Oh, yeah. Like I'm, that was a great way to start. I am... I am... Uh, honestly... I really appreciate this podcast and the conversations we have because I like seeing the areas of my life I can improve in. And this is an area that I can improve in. So I hope the same is true for you. If you're listening to this and maybe for you, it was the drum topic and like, man, how do I, how do I know what kind of fills to play? Or maybe for you, it's being the kind of person who um, sees a need and doesn't know what to do with it or, looks around and sees other people just stepping over people in need, maybe quite literally, and you're just like, how can people do that? Good question. You can't control other people. You can control yourself. Mm -hmm. So start doing something about it. And uh, that's not easy. It's not easy. And it's a lot of work. And it's not just a matter of throwing money at something. Mm -hmm. If it was that simple... We wouldn't have as many problems as we do. The hard part is the relational part because um, it's not just a solution you find by, by throwing money at, at something or someone. It's, it's an ongoing giving of yourself and your time and your resources and your energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm very thankful for, uh, for what we have and the excess that we have in our lives and I know I can do a better job of giving and supporting and helping and um, finding that need and showing up, showing up in a way where I'm actually making a difference. You right. know, we have a lot, a lot more than what we need. So that's right. Thanks, Tim, for the topics. Yeah. Thank you for the conversation. And for making me feel like I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, um, 
thank you for listening to this yes. podcast. We're at episode 103. We've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. I was just telling my wife yesterday, it's it's wild to think how many podcasts started in COVID and don't exist anymore. Right. And somehow we've been able to manage two episodes a month. Yeah, look at um, us. Which, which Man. I don't know. Like, there's guys that do this every day, but it's a full-time job. Two times a month is... It's pretty good. Like yeah. how how many other things can you say that you've you've how many other responsibilities have you upheld since COVID? Right. That are are two times a month. Uh, have you been to the gym two times over the last month? No, no, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, uh, we don't do ads on this podcast. It's free. Um, we have an amazing community of people supporting us. Mm-hmm. We call them the inner circle. If you're interested in becoming a part of that community, uh, you can, uh, check out some, uh, tier options for support with various incentives. And that's over at patreon.com slash holy ghost notes. Um, check it out. If you're interested, we'd appreciate the support. Um, either way, we appreciate you listening. If you have any questions or comments or Anything at all to say, hit us up, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com. Or you can visit us on our socials at Holy Ghost Notes, uh, Holy Ghost Notes on Facebook. We've got a few socials floating around there. Your best bet's probably Instagram. Uh, DM us there. Or uh, if you're a drummer, make sure you're posting those drum videos with the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes. That's right. And uh, yeah, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to Drop us a review. It helps us. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, folks, for listening, and I hope you have a a great weekend. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Matt. Peace. I'm going to come up with a new Holy Ghost Notes intro. We got a new intro.